Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. Episode 257, Frugal Side Hustle, Freelance Writing with Miranda Marquette. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we have another episode in our Frugal Side Hustle series. And today is all about freelance writing, which was the way that I was able to not get another job when I was laid off at seven and a half months pregnant. With your first baby. With my first baby. And I was able to make a really good living really quickly. So this is a side hustle and you don't have to do it full time to start making money and we'll find that out later. But this is a really good side hustle to start if you want to achieve eventual income flexibility or maybe you're forced into needing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's something that I've not done as a side hustle, but it was really interesting talking with Miranda, hearing what her journey was like, the areas that are just excellent tips for other people who might want to consider this. And I think it just opened my eyes to the level of accessibility this could be to people from a variety of backgrounds. Like you don't just have to be one thing to do this, although you do have to have the skill set of writing. But even within that, there's all sorts of different types of writing people could do. So my horizons were broadened in talking with Miranda. So I hope yours are too, and that this could be something you consider and find the resources you need from Miranda in this episode, Mm -hmm. if this is what you want to do. Yes. But first, this episode is brought to you by FIRE. No, not financial independence or the dumpster fire that describes life sometimes, but the fire that burns within you to know more. This year's listener special is coming up. We do one every year um, around the end of the year, either November or December. And we want to know, and this one, it's different every year, but this one, we want to know your burning questions. So anything that you want to know that we haven't answered. So maybe something about investing. Shoot, go for it. Got a specific question about debt that is maybe a little more specific than a general episode might answer. Come at us. Want to know more about our personal lives? We are open books up until the chapter on social security numbers. We are accepting questions 
for our listener special through November 20th. So if you have a burning question and want it answered by the Frugal Friends, head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash special to submit it before November 20th. And you can submit it with your name or anonymously. We just want to answer it. And for the right price, I might give you my social security number. That's unwise. (laughs) (laughs) If you love side hustles, then here are a few good episodes to queue up after this. Our first episode in our frugal side hustle series, Digital Products with Ellie Diap. Got to meet her in person recently. Such a gem of a human being. Love her. And that's episode 242. And then also episode 129, how to make more money with a side business. Any side hustle we are going to talk about in this series is something you can start on the side of your job, but could eventually grow into a business if you wanted to. So in this frugal side hustle series, it's got to be frugal, low-cost startup, also has to be sustainable with room for growth. So those are our two priorities in the side hustle series. And we have episodes, we have really good side hustles lined mm. up for you guys. Mm. I mm. am very excited. Uh, we're doing it every other month. We're going to do one. I'm very excited for this series. Buckle up. And I wanted to start with um, or continue with one of my favorite, probably arguably my most favorite side hustle, freelance writing. And this is something that anybody can start as long as you enjoy writing and are competent at writing. You do not need a degree in it. You don't need to be a good speller or have great grammar. Trust me, that's what editors are for. That's a different episode. Uh, but, but you can take a lot of the same you can take a lot of the same tips Miranda gives and use it to become a freelance editor too. I am not an editor. I'm a writer. Uh, so, so I don't have great grammar. But it is it saved my life, honestly, Jill. Like you mm-hmm, remember mm-hmm. that time in my life because we were doing the podcast. Yeah. 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 Which wasn't making a ton of money. And man, no. what a convergence of difficult things for you at that time. Almost about to mm-hmm. give birth, laid off. But yet, thank goodness you had already begun a side hustle. You had something that maybe it forced you to lean into it sooner than you would have anticipated, but you had already had that thing, which is almost like an emergency fund in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Like we save up money in an emergency fund. And I think investing in our skill set and expanding that and having a variety of things that we set our hands to is a different version of an emergency fund. And I'm so grateful that you had that. And, and it was adjacent to the work that you were doing, right? It's not this complete departure. It was something that was in line with the thing that you were already doing, already interested in. So I I just, I think side hustles are great. And even after talking with Miranda today, I think freelance writing is something worth considering for anybody looking for a good side hustle. Absolutely. For me, freelance writing was a direct conflict of interest with what I was doing because I was writing. So I was able to make, I just used that time to make connections with people and to meet other people in the industry. For you, you might not be in writing that is a direct conflict with what you want to do. So you could maybe do one or two articles a month and just start building something 
that gets you paid. Maybe a couple hundred bucks a month. We work up to a thousand, etc. So, so this is something that if you enjoy writing, definitely, definitely consider. And there's almost no one better to talk about freelance writing with than Miranda Marquette. She's an award-winning freelancer. Um, she covers primarily now exclusively financial stuff, but a few other things thrown in there that we'll talk about later. And But she has written for Forbes, Time, The Hill, NPR, HuffPost, Yahoo Money, everything. Um, and she does personal finance, investing, college planning, student loans. So runs the gamut. Um, she loves coming on podcasts. Uh, she is a co-host of the Money Talks News podcast. She holds a master's degree in journalism from Syracuse University, which helped her get started, but as you will find out, isn't necessary in the landscape today, and she will explain why. So without further ado, here's Miranda. Let's go. Miranda, welcome to the Frugal Friends podcast. We are so delighted to have you. I am delighted to be here. This is fun. Well, I, I assume it's going to be fun. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> oh, if it's yeah, not I fun, it's <laughs> not Frugal it, Friends. <laughs> yeah, that's our motto. So fingers crossed you will have fun. If you don't, we will. That's <laughs> fine. Somebody needs to have fun. Someone, will, someone, someone needs someone to have will. some fun. <laughs> This is a topic I am particularly passionate about and excited to share with everyone. Yeah. And equally for me, mostly because I esteem what you do. I I have <laughs> not written for a living in my life. I'm not like that. That concept of here's a topic, pump out articles is overwhelming to me. But I know many people are so good at at it, including yourself. And there's a lot of people who are interested in this as a side hustle. One of the things that we like to introduce our community to is all types of different ways that you could make money as a side hustle, or maybe even a main hustle moving into uh, business ownership. So I know you've got so much to say on this. So if we could kind of go back to the beginning of your own freelance yeah. writing, how did you get started? Are you willing to talk to us about some of the monetary gains in those early days? What did that all look like? Yeah. So first of all, I did it all wrong. Um, I <laughs> I didn't have a real job. So 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 basically, I I graduated from college. And by the time I graduated from college, I was um, pregnant. <laughs> I got married uh, between the fall semester and spring semester of my senior year in college. So 22, getting married, a couple months later, pregnant, graduated with a little baby bump, and uh, then went to work because my, my well, now ex, <laughs> like, there's there a lot that just came out right there. But like, there's a lot there. But he was still finishing school. He was a couple years behind me in school. And because of religious mission reasons, not because he's a slacker or anything. But anyway, but he was a couple years behind me in school. So I started working and, uh, you know, had the baby, had jobs, whatever. And then when my, my uh, ex-husband finished his undergrad degree, we both decided to do grad school together, might as well with a toddler 
you know, let's just do this and make it work. Let's just do it. Let's make it work. And so I did. I got my master's degree. Uh, He started a PhD program. And what we decided after I finished my master's degree, which was in journalism, was one good way to do this was I could freelance. So instead of getting a real job, just went all in on freelancing uh, with my shiny new journalism degree and went ahead and used student loans that he got for his PhD program. We went ahead and used student loans as our basis for living so that I could start my freelance career so that I would be able to stay home with our son most of the time and and then grow the freelance thing and and kind of support us that way until he finished his PhD and he got his real job and then we could be uh, the perfect gender role family. Anyway, <laughs> and, and none of that happened. The end. And here we are. <laughs> here <No>. we are. <laughs> I actually really like my ex. My ex is actually fabulous. He is one of my favorite people. But yeah, so so yeah, so basically I kind of I got started because I wanted a way to stay home most of the time with my son and provide uh some support for our family while my ex was still in school. And it just sort of snowballed into something that uh went from the first year, I sort of started ramping up. And that first year, uh, by the end of that first year of freelancing, we were able to be like, okay, we can cut back on the na- amount of student loans we're taking uh, for school because I make enough for us to cover our rent and our insurance needs. And we'll just take a little bit of student loans to cover the cost of my ex's PhD program, plus maybe some food would be nice. And so we kind of figured that out. By the end of the second year, we no longer had to do student loans uh, for my ex. He, by that time, he was on a research grant. So he had a fellowship and a small stipend. And I was making uh, close to forty dollars or $50,000 a year. So that's enough for a full-time, like that's that's full-time. Uh, that's a full-time yeah. salary in, in most second places year. in my second year. And then by by the time I'd reached year five, I was making six figures and um, and, and just kind of went from there. And so I, so it just sort of kind of ramped up, but it did take some time to sort of build that in. And part of the reason I did get to ramp it up and build it in was the fact that, you know, by the time I got to my second year, uh, my son was old enough to be in preschool. And so he was in preschool. And so I had a little more time to focus. And then the fact that we went ahead and made that choice uh, to take student loans to help us supplement our living so that I could focus on building my freelance. So I always have to talk about that because there was a lot of privilege there that allowed me to ramp up my freelance business faster than what might have otherwise been. Uh, And then having that master's degree in journalism from Syracuse also helped me in terms of being able to market myself for higher paying gigs. Uh, because I could say, hey, I have a fancy degree from a fancy school. And and that helped a lot too. So there's there's a lot there. Um, And today I do look around though, and Jen can probably tell you, uh, depending on your niche, depending on what you're writing about, depending on what your focus is, um, there are people who like, I mean, I remember just starting out and being like, I'm getting $5 for a 300 word article on bamboo flooring. Like, I mean, this is, this is beautiful. Right. This is too riveting. This is 2005, (laughs) my friends. This is the early days of online marketing. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of what I was doing at first was basically helping companies, websites, whatever, just build content online. Nobody had content online, right? Mm -hmm. Except for a few things. And so, so a lot of what I was doing was like, like I'd be translating 
stuff from like, well, here's a catalog full of our blind options, uh, Venetian blinds, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, here's here's our catalog of blinds. Now translate that all for online, and here's some SEO terms we want. <laughs> and like, and that's what I was doing. <laughs> like, yes, six yes. hours a day. Today, uh-huh. today, freelancers, I I sort of envy the young freelancers of today who are just like, well, yes, I am going to get paid two hundred dollars to write eight hundred words on this nice financial topic and hurrah and i'm like that must be mm-hmm. nice but mm-hmm. i don't <laughs> i don't begrudge them i do feel a little jealous sometimes but i don't ever i don't ever feel like well you must toil because i did i am happy that you know online content has moved in a direction where if you know where to look and you have those tools then you can find good paying gigs to start with and it's not as difficult as it used to be to like get to that like even just a thousand dollars a month, uh, depending on your niche and everything, mm-hmm. you can do that with five articles. So yeah, I have to say that though sometimes between writing about estate tax and life insurance companies, I might have enjoyed a five hundred word article on Venetian blinds. <laughs> I mean, might have been nice. There are days. <laughs> there are days like I, I had a thing. I had a thing where like I was going through this whole thing where like. This, the, all the content I was writing was how to do X wedding. So it was like how to do a Western wedding, how to do a winter wedding, how to do a medieval mm-hmm. wedding, how to do a spring wedding, how to do a summer wedding, how to do a fall wedding, how to do a, a mermaid theme wedding, how to do like, and I was just yeah. doing like how to do all of these theme weddings. And I was just like, okay. Let's do this. Get in the zone. Well, I know you're saying that maybe you didn't do it right, quote unquote, from the start, Mm -hmm. but it sounds as though you found your own pathway forward in it and to some degree have achieved, uh, you've you've achieved in the midst of it. And, And I think that there are some really helpful things in your story for those who might be interested in this and that it is something that can be done from home Mm -hmm. or or even potentially on the road, as long as you've got internet connection, it has the ability to have flexibility. Of course, you do need skill and talent in being able to write and clearly being able to write over and over and over and over and over again, sometimes on the same thing, but like a different lens. And so that can become Mm -hmm. monotonous. But for someone who feels as though they do have a skill set in writing, they want some of that flexibility. I think this is a really great option to be able to build upon. And I think the unique thing about what we're talking here in freelance writing is you there's you can write on anything. You can write on whatever area you feel expert in. I know, Jen, you ended up writing on <laughs> the area you said you weren't expert in, but you became under, you know, you had a good then base mm-hmm. and understanding and knowledge because of them making you write on that. But I think this is a sphere that someone in any type of profession could do if you have the skill set to write on whatever area of expertise you have. So there's a lot here that I think is accessible for people. Yeah. And and I think one of the things to remember too is even though I talk, I joke about doing it the wrong way, the same time made very intentional choices. We're very intentional about how we went about this. We said, okay, we know that I need time to ramp up. 
And we know that I want to be able to stay home. So we went ahead and weighed those pros and cons and decided, okay, student loans for the PhD program is the way to go. And even though the plans changed over time, even though life always changes, no matter what five-year plan you make, the reality of the situation is we did go into this intentionally and really think through, okay, what do we need? What needs to happen uh, in order for us to start working toward these goals that we have. And I think that's part mm-hmm. of it too, right? When you're, when you're, if you're going to decide to do any side hustle or freelance, right, or anything like that, you need to look at where you want to be. And as um, Joe Saucihai from Stacking Benjamin says, uh, you look at where you want to be. And then you kind of, if you begin with the end in mind, you look at that end and you kind of work backward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And alternatively, you can just get laid off eight weeks before you give birth and then decide, okay, I have a freelance writing career now. Yep. Perfect. (laughs) I mean, absolutely perfect. With no master's in journalism, (laughs) no formal training in finance and just say, okay, I'm a I'm a personal finance freelancer now. But it did help that I had one year of full time writing in personal finance already. So I just used that to my advantage and use my my network was actually what helped me get started was that I had spent time building a network or not even a network. I hate that word. Really. I had just spent time like making friends with, with other people who were in personal finance as writers, editors, website owners, and that paid off in the end. But if you're not going to just decide you have this career after getting laid off, what are some of the questions people should ask themselves before getting into this? Because it's not the four-hour workweek glamour, nomad beauty that some people make it out to be. Well, and actually, so one of the things I do like about freelance writing, so at this point in in my career, so like I said, I started doing this 2004, 2005. Uh, I really started writing about finances in 2006. So I've been doing this for almost 20 years. I'm an internet dinosaur. Anyway, so like... But I think one of the things to kind of think about is is once you start building that and you start getting better paying gigs and you start getting like your financial feet under you with this is you do have a lot of freedom and flexibility. I'm to the point now where I can sustain uh, my personal the conditions that I prefer to live live in. I can sustain that uh, working somewhere mm-hmm. between ten and fifteen hours a week on client work, like on client writing. So I can sustain that uh, on that amount of client writing because of what I get paid for per article and how much time it takes me to write them, which is not very much, and the kinds of clients that I choose, which aren't super labor intensive. And so so I do kind of have that flexibility to, it's not exactly a four-hour week work week, but to be able to make six figures working 10 to 15 hours a week is I mean, to me, I mean, that's as close to the dream as you're going to get. <laughs> but it takes, mm-hmm. but it takes, you do have to work to that, like you said. And you do, yeah. yeah. And, and there are, there are times like early in my career where I was working 40 or 50 hours a week and I was, you know, just trying to churn out as many of these like keyword articles as humanly possible. And, you know, when, when my son was in first grade, you know, going like, okay, I got six hours. Like, as much as I could do in six hours, I just cram it all in. And so there were those times. And so you kind of have to be ready for that because anytime you start any side hustle, the the first part of it is just grueling and it's a slog and you have to kind of be realistic about it. 
Now, almost 20 years later, I have a lot more freedom, a lot more flexibility. I do this on the road. A lot of the time I'll travel and I can travel for a week or two at a time, which gives me a day or two in there to just set up work and just do work and then go sightsee or go eat delicious food. Mm -hmm. So it really is flexible and it really does have freedom. But like you said, at the beginning, sometimes you really are it's sometimes it feels like a slog and my goodness, if I have to write another credit card review, which I will probably do again, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you're not writing. If you're a jobbing, I call it a jobbing writer. Like you have a job. It's your job. Mm -hmm. I call it like, if you're a jobbing writer, you are not writing amazing high flown treatises on whatever it is you want to write about. You do that on your own time. Like after yeah. you've made the money, you write the boring stuff and then you can write what you want to write with whatever's left. Yeah, that's so true. It's not like the glamorous, like investigative journalism. You're not going to be, you know, writing the narratives you hear on podcasts. A lot of it is kind of boring stuff um, that you have to really be able to focus and write for several hours at, at a time to finish. But then, but those are the ones that tend to pay the best too. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y.com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. You don't need my fancy degree to do this. Uh, if you have reasonably good writing skills and you have the capability to improve your writing skills, then you can do this. And it doesn't matter what sort of 
degree you have, what sort of qualifications you have. Uh, when I started writing about money, I had no clue. And I mean, I was, I wanted to write about science. I was writing, I was writing for physics.com and then doing a whole bunch of this like bamboo flooring and, and everything else to like, you know, whatever. And then, and then I had like a couple articles a month from physics.com, which I really enjoyed. Uh, I really enjoyed the science writing. Uh, but you know, an opportunity came up to start writing about money. And that's, that's what happened. I just sort of kind of shifted tracks. And because there are going to be niches that pay better. And money is one of those niches that pays probably the best. You might get paid a little bit more in like entertainment and celebrity gossip news. But that can be harder to break into, because everybody wants to do that. Uh, and then you need to have a certain amount of access depending on like where you're writing. So for one of the niches to break into, writing about money is probably one of the most profitable. For those who are considering this freelance writing as a side hustle or their main business, do you have any tips for them, Miranda, on how to set themselves up to get some of the better jobs? Yeah, so it kind of starts with, so I, Personally, I think it's a good idea to just have your own website, have a blog that you can write some things on, especially if you don't have any clips from anywhere else, so that at least you have something that you can send. And then, you know, hit the job, hit the job boards. Um, the pro blogger job board is a good place to start. Media Bistro offers some uh, places to start. And then journalism jobs. And then um, I actually got my first jobs on Upwork. I know that's like the lowest place to start, but that was helpful. Like I, I was, I got some of my those. first, like, <laughs> I know, I know, but it is, it was super easy. And it was my first like bylines that weren't on my blog, but I did get an actual like full-time writing job only based on the writing on my personal blog. So yeah, yeah. definitely have your own website. Yeah. So your own website helps. Um, and you can find like any more they have, um, LinkedIn actually does a bunch of jobs that you can do. Uh, you can set up. That's where I got the first and, one yeah, yeah, is, is LinkedIn. And so I do a lot of, you know, LinkedIn, put a little open to work thing on there when you're doing your LinkedIn profile, like identify yourself as a freelance writer. Also, if you want to be in a specific niche, the kind of niche you want to do, like my LinkedIn says I'm a freelance financial writer, so that people can find that. So you can find those. And it really, I mean, it just, it kind of helps. So I did, I had a whole process where I would, I would get started in the day. Like if I had something to do that day, I would write what I needed to write, but then I would spend two hours looking for jobs. Like I would hit all of the job boards. So I spend two hours hitting the job boards, you know, make checking to see if any of my clips had been published so that I could add them to my portfolio on my website and then updating that kind of stuff. So I would, so I did, I just had a whole thing where I spent time looking for jobs. Another good place to look is Twitter. Uh, if you look on Twitter uh, and the hashtag freelance, uh, hashtag writing jobs, those two hashtags can really help you find some freelancing. A lot of people post uh, jobs. A lot of people who are looking for one-off pitches also post. So if you don't mind making pitches, you can say like, oh, okay, here's somebody who's looking 
for this article. And it can be a good way to uh, get into a good publication and get a good byline and get paid for it. Uh, and then, like Jen said, building your network is huge. You know, look for, for some freelance groups, uh, look for like connect with other freelancers. And that helps you as well. Like a lot of us, as we kind of go through in our in the freelance world, like we start developing like specialties, even within personal finance. Like I write about investing a lot in cryptocurrency and college planning and student loans. I do not like writing about insurance if I can avoid it. Uh, Nobody does. But there are people Nobody. who, yeah, but there are people who do really well at it. So I have a friend. Yeah. Yeah. My friend, Kat, you. You can make a lot of money in insurance yes. writing. And so, but if somebody comes to me and like, I've got an insurance gig for you, I'm like, here is Kat's. And so <laughs> Kat will write your insurance yep. for you, not not I. And, and likewise, <laughs> when somebody wants Kat to write about investing, uh, somebody will come to Kat and be like, we want investing, specifically cryptocurrency. She's like, no, no, thank you. Miranda will write about your scam crypto. And um, so <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I I think the network has been... It was integral in in my like freelance writing career. And I I was similarly able to increase my income like really rapidly. But again, that was because I was kind of pushed into doing it full time very quickly. Right. And and it was because I had this network of people and Kat, you're, you know, uh, course co-author she was like an integral part of that too like I met her when I was writing for the penny hoarder and just all of the the networking that I have done again I hate that word friendship like <laughs> friendshiping pe people meeting yeah <laughs> that has been the most effective and and like yeah being like oh I have I don't you know really do this but here's this person that would be really good to talk about it and um you know cat would be like hey I don't have any room on my plate for this do you think you would want to do it and eventually editors will know what you're known for and and I like I haven't written in probably over a year like for hire and I just got an email from an editor the other day saying like hey we have this article and I was like, I can't. <laughs> so right. yeah, I definitely, definitely agree with that. But yeah. And and you were so you went in slightly to niches. And I do think that's like when you niche yourself down, that's where like bigger money comes in. So you mentioned like maybe celebrity go gossip and entertainment, money. Is there anything else? Like what are maybe the top five niches that you've seen for money? Making. Oh, oh, for my mate. Yeah. So, uh, so interestingly, travel is an interesting one because the pay for the article may not be quite as high, but if you get the right gigs, then they pay for you <laughs> to do the ah, thing. So you get paid. Yes, yeah. Yes. So you get, so, so that's nice. So travel is a nice one because of that. Uh, if you can write, so this isn't really a niche, but if you can write, Web copy. If you are good at writing web copy, marketing copy, you can actually get paid higher. So being able to write that sort of web copy that converts for sales, uh, whether and and then that includes like if you can write emails, which is a different type of writing as well, but kind of under that marketing copy. Uh, but if you can do a good job at writing emails and web copy, that's probably your top. That's probably your top. If you're a really good 
marketing copywriter. Yeah. Uh, you can get lots of good money there. And actually, uh, white papers and case studies pay pretty well. So if you can, if you have a good technical writing, a good handle on like technical writing and explaining concepts and putting together compelling case studies, uh, then white papers and case studies can also pay fairly well. So that's so that's kind of outside of like subject, you know, it's kind of outside of genre, but but they're types of writing that pay really well. And then kind of along with that press releases, if you can write a good press release, you can get uh, upwards of a dollar per word, basically what amounts to about a dollar per word, if you can write a good press release. So there's there's stuff like that that can really be helpful. One of the things I like to do as well is, so to get access to things like writing press releases, uh, some email copy and and that kind of thing, is connecting with agencies. And so you know, agencies that do this kind of stuff, like PR agencies and whatnot. And like, I don't work for them full time, but I'm on the list of some different agencies who every couple of months have like, they need extra help. They need a little bit more from somebody. And so they'll come to me and be like, can you write us this press release? And it needs to be turned around fast. So now now we're really getting paid um, because it's got to be fast and it's a press release. And so, so Developing, like reaching out, looking for agencies on LinkedIn, kind of reaching out can be helpful because those kinds of things pay well. Uh, but yeah, writing about money pays well, uh, depending on, well, yeah, and then like entertainment, celebrity stuff can pay well. It depends on, you know, where you're going and, and what you're at. So it's just, it's kind of an interesting mix, but your best... Mm. But as far as stuff that's relatively easy to write without qualifications uh, and without a lot of practice, let's be honest, starting in the financial niches, like like financial stuff, because yeah, because financial you're, sites, you're already listening yeah. to a financial podcast. So right. you have some background, right? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? <laughs> if you can explain these concepts in a way that's simple and compelling, uh, because most of the time, like... Companies that are trying to make money from financial products like conversions on like credit card, right? Affiliate stuff like from credit cards and from insurance leads and from loans and, you know, all of that stuff. And, you know, from opening an investment account, like all of those things generally pay fairly well. One of the reasons why, like, I actually charge more when I write a credit card review. <laughs> like, like I charge more when I write a credit card review than I do for like if I'm writing about investing, right? Because the credit card mm-hmm. review is written to convert. It's written specifically to do that. And they're getting a nice big fat kickback from every credit card that's, you know. So so that's that's kind of something I take into account as well, right? Like mm. your rate isn't your rate. Like your rate kind of depends. Yeah. And even still, rates are kind of still kind of shrouded in secrecy too. Right. Yeah. It's not, I mean, when you get in there, you can kind of find what, you know, what should I be asking for from this person and and stuff like that. But yeah, so you can charge whatever, you can change your rates based on what they're asking you to do too. There's no like standard where they're, you know, Right. They're looking for. That's awesome. Uh, So last question on this part. What are the common mistakes most new freelancers make and how can we how can they stay away from them? So I think 
one of the biggest things is trying to figure out that balance between how much work do I do for free as a beginner and how much do I insist that I'm getting paid for? And trying to find that balance can be very difficult because on the one hand, you're just like, I just need my byline somewhere. And so so I usually say, okay, don't do a ton of free work. Be kind of strategic if you can get your name out there in a network or something like that and get paid a small amount or even just do one or two articles for somebody for exposure as long as it doesn't take a ton of time. Because the reality of the situation is that if you're going to be building your portfolio for free, you might as well be doing it on your own website where at least you own the content and where you control the content and where you can send people to read samples of your writing. So I think one of the biggest things is like, doing too many free pieces, you know, kind of figure out like, okay, I will do, I will do one or two pieces for exposure. uh, So I can get at least a byline that's not on my website to send people to. Or like you said, you know, do a couple pieces through Upwork. uh, But I wouldn't make Upwork my main place. Uh, I did. Mm -hmm. So before Upwork existed, there was this thing called Guru. And And it was like Upwork, but you know, Anyway, and it was because when you're on these sites like that, you're basically, you're competing to undercut yourself, right? You're competing to undercut yourself Mm -hmm. um, because you want the lowest price because that's what they're looking for. And so, you know, do one or two to get that, you know, off your own site byline, like you said, and then go back to developing your own writing and your own voice and your own style on your own website. But you'll have these other things. You're like, okay, you can check out my writing on my website, but also here are two other places where I've been published. And then, mm-hmm. so yeah. So, but I think the biggest thing is spending so much time doing free or super low paid work that you don't have time to leave yourself open to other opportunities or to even develop your own place, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I never worked for free to build somebody else's business. Mm-hmm. The only free writing I did was in order to like like a guest post on somebody's blog to get backlinks to my website. Yeah. That was the only free writing I did and otherwise if it was not building my business, I didn't write for free. That was my rule and I stuck to it. And even those those first Upwork ones I made like 75 bucks an article. Right. And that was great. Yeah. I did that for a few months and then I moved on. And that, yeah, because you you really do. You can't expect to be making a couple hundred bucks an article starting out. Exactly. But you, you got to move through the seasons mm-hmm. at a relatively good pace if you want to keep with it. Right. Yeah. If you if you don't just want to be ready to like give up immediately because mm-hmm. like you, yeah you know and, and you go through a thing where you're like okay now I've got to send you know you do a th- few things on Upwork pretty pretty easy uh, do a couple things for free and then like you move into the pitch phase right so you start pitching places and if you can or going to job boards that offer so like pro blogger isn't going to offer you amazing pay but it's going to be you can find good mediocre low barrier to entry things that you can try and do one one thing you can do is like on linkedin that's really interesting is you look for 
for jobs on LinkedIn where they're looking for full-time positions. And this is what my friend Kat does is she'll message them. She'll reach out to them and say, Hey, I'm not interested in a full-time position, but do you need me to fill in temporarily till you get that position filled? And then a lot of the time they just, they're just like, Oh, this is, this is working out just fine. <laughs> and then they keep sending her regular <laughs> yeah. work. And so, so there's things like that you can do. Um, and like you said, you kind of, you get your start and, you know, do a couple of quick articles to get your byline out there real fast, get a couple of things on your own website. So you have something to show and then start applying at job boards, start doing pitches and start really kind of looking for those uh, long-term kind of stable things. Like most of, mm-hmm. yeah, most of my clients now are clients that want between four and eight articles per month from me. And that stability yeah. where I just, you know, where I know I'm going to get work every month is very, very nice and helpful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But starting somewhere and figuring yep. out how to get, take get the next step and yep. the next step and the next step and not staying stuck in any of these areas, but that there is so much room to grow within this type of work, which I think is really compelling. You know what else is compelling and mm-hmm. and free, sometimes low cost, sometimes super high cost. It really runs the gamut. Very low barrier to entry, though. The Bill of the Week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the bill of the week. Miranda, it's happening. It's here. The famed bill of the week. And so we would love to hear yours today. So going to sound really bad um, <laughs> because most of my stuff is automatic so I don't really know what's coming out <laughs> like if there's anybody named Bill <laughs> that you also also the, the interact other, with right no no honestly though because I am a politician and I am running for office for me right here in the great state of Idaho the actual bill of the week for me is the fact that we have a trigger law that we're fighting over right now in the courts and uh, once 30 days after the Dobbs decision pretty much almost any type of abortion. Can I say that on the show? Do we care? <laughs> it's your bill. It's your bill. <laughs> Pretty much any sort of abortion became uh, murder. And so, uh, so anyway, that's my bill of the week is we're just here in Idaho. We have, we have a, we have a bounty law that's bigger than Texas's and um, yeah, our bounty is bigger than the Texas bounty. We we're, we're we're special here, so that's my bill of the week. It's it's what's got my panties in a twist right now. All right, uh, it's our first uh, congressional bill, oh, and I was waiting. It's not even for a congress. It. It's not even Congress. It's like a state. Thing. Oh, oh, a state bill. Well, I was waiting for some kind of <laughs> law bill, bill, and you're so we also could play a politician. A that's so interesting. Yes. It's exciting to have a, a politician and successful freelance writer on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little less than two weeks. We'll see whether I actually won. It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. 
That's amazing. Thank you, Miranda. Um, if you want to submit your bill of the week, whether it is congressional bill, state bill, your favorite politician named Bill, visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill and leave us your bill. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features, but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. And now it's time for the lightning round. Pew. Pew. All right. So I'm excited for this question. Um, today's lightning round question. If you were to write fiction as a side hustle, what genre would your fiction be in? Fantasy. Ooh, <laughs> quick answer. Like any type of subgenre for fantasy? Um, I like adventure, fantasy, magic, fantasy. N- no romance Fun. up in this business, unfortunately. <laughs> that would not be mine either. Um, <laughs> I have nothing against romance. If you like it, do, do your thing. It's I, fine. I, it's, it's fine just, for you. Yeah. Jill, tell us all the romance you're going to write. It is going to be steamy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super salacious. Uh, you know, this is not something I've ever dreamt about. Um, I don't, and I'm realizing I don't engage in fiction really at all in any parts mm-hmm. of my life. I don't watch fiction. I don't read fiction. I don't write fiction. I dreamed that you would say children's. I was just going to say that though. If I were to write anything, mm-hmm. it'd be children's books, but I don't even know that I'd go the fiction route. I would just like help them like utilize children's story. I mean, yeah, I guess it'd be fiction, but it'd be like children's versions of self-help. Like, how do I deal with this anger that's inside of me? (laughs) How do I deal with my parents who keep telling me no? I I need that. If you are a politician in Idaho who has progressive leanings, the anger is inside you all the time. And so I could use that book. (laughs) So she needs an adult children's book. That's what she needs. Yes. What about you, Jen? 
So I, okay. So I do listen to fiction audiobooks like quite frequently, but I have never had a desire to write them. I think I would also write children's fiction because there's so much annoying like children's fiction out there that I would like to write non-annoying. I really like Sandra Boynton's board books. Mm. Uh, They are punny. They are witty. And I would like to put more of that into the world. Yeah. So that would probably be mine. Mm -hmm. Wow. She has one about emotions. Happy hippo, angry duck. Mm, It's always the animals. I'm going to go look for angry duck. Your emotions can... Yeah, your your emotions can always change unless you're this duck. He's always this way. He's just wow. angry. Wow, yeah. an angry duck, Bill. Yes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Nice. Is that super? <laughs> yeah. Is that punny enough for you, Jen? That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna be brilliant. You're gonna be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Miranda, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Where can people get more from you if they want to see maybe your writing or maybe like, do you have anything to help freelance writers get started? Where can people find more from you? Uh, Just head on over to MirandaMarkwit.com where you can see where I write about how I use money as a tool to live the life that I want, as well as freelancing. I do have a lot of stuff on freelancing there and some resources and tools that I use as a freelancer. So you'll be able to uh, get access to that as well. And then you can follow me on Twitter. It's at mmarkwit. I'm very active on Twitter and I write about freelancing and money on Twitter and share things about sometimes about politics on Twitter and specifically things where politics are affecting personal finances and life. So uh, that's kind of specifically what I focus on when I share politics on Twitter. Awesome. Thanks for joining us today, Miranda. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, she clearly did it. I mean, she <laughs> she started she started from the bottom, meaning baby yeah, at home living off of student mm-hmm. loans. <laughs> yes. And and now she's here with yeah, really successful businesses and has really grown a career in writing, which might not be everyone's goal, but hopefully anyone who's interested in freelance writing can find their, themselves somewhere in her story and take some sort of tip with them. And a lot of the links that Miranda mentioned will have in our show notes. So if you're just kind of just dipping your toes in the water and trying to figure out where would I even get started, um, that's a great place, as well as the the resources Miranda mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have any questions, uh, you can email me too or message us on Instagram and Paula, our social media manager, will forward it to me. But um, yeah, hoping that this helps you guys if uh, you need to make extra income and you are limited by time or location, this is an absolute game changer Mm. for people. And you can start making money quickly with it, too. It's not a get rich quick scheme, but making six figures with freelance writing, especially in the finance niche, within three to five years is not unheard of. It's actually very common. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not six figures in six months. Uh, (laughs) but even the people who are promising that it's few and far between and it doesn't Mm -hmm. last long. So, yeah. So to find somewhere where it is common, that's a definite like unicorn. And stay tuned for more from our series of other types of side hustles. If this one's not for Mm -hmm. you, then fine. Keep with, with us. Hopefully there'll be something in here that does pique your interest. Mm -hmm. Thank you all so much for listening. And we're deciding to go the OG route today and share a kind review that we recently received. Those kind reviews still do help us. Those, those five star, those nice words, they are very, very helpful way to support the show. This one comes from Haley Bug. There's a lot of G's, but I think it's just Haley Bug. (laughs) (laughs) And it says, thank you with a heart emoji. I'm diving into budgeting and working on being debt free. I'm learning that just listening to podcasts about these topics is really helpful, even if I don't take much from it. Episode 222 really impacted me. I've been scared to budget because I used to be nuts about counting calories and dieting. I was restricted and said, I can't because I'm on a diet. Now I have a healthy diet that is balanced and like second nature. It took about five years to get the hang of it. So I don't restrict, but I am conscious. I never thought about budgeting like this. It will take time. I'll purge. I'll restrict too much. I'll fall off track. But with slow, steady, intentional action, it will become second nature. Thank you for the great podcast. I also loved Breaking the Cycle of Poverty. It was my first listen and I felt immediately seen and related. I'm breaking a lot of cycles. I also appreciated when you firstly mentioned your own privileges in that episode, something we should always consider when giving financial advice. Thank you, ladies. Yay, Haley Bug. Thank you, Haley. I love that you feel seen and I feel seen by you in this review. So (laughs) thank you. Yeah, that episode 222 that she mentioned, stop strict budgeting and start living in the radical middle is definitely one of my favorite episodes. So I'm glad that that I really impacted you. And the one on breaking the cycle of poverty, we really took a lot of care with that one since it is such a hot topic with so it's a charged topic. I'll say it's a charged topic to tread lightly on it. So thank you so much for that. Well, for all of you who are listening and might want more, I mean there's plenty of ways to support us like leaving us a kind review. But if you also just want to engage with us more and get help on this financial journey, paying off debt, we do monthly challenges in a private community that you could join by heading to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash club. See what kind of money challenge we have coming up. They're all aimed at helping us get better with our finances, pay down debt, increase our savings, spend more intentionally and according to our values. So if that's Sounds like something really helpful for you. Frugalfriendspodcast.com slash club. See you next time. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. So apparently, Jen, you and I need to team up, become business partners, and write a children's book. I think maybe that's our our maybe our second book is maybe a version for children. A children's like financial literacy.
like super mm-hmm. low level, talking about our resources. Helping, helping kids choose the radical middle is that they don't have to be all one way or all the other. Isn't that such a like life? If you realized that when you were a child, how many things would it have changed? So many. And children's fiction is a lot more profitable than adult nonfiction. That's so that's so probably if we want to make money where we should go. The children's section at the library is the best section at the library. Well, that's probably why it makes it's it's the same in Barnes and Noble. Like the children's section is always more inviting. Even as an adult, I want to go to the colorful section with the beanbag chairs. Well, and the toys like they usually have toys too. Train sets. Oh, they always have good nooks. Yeah, sucker for a good nook. I love a good nook. I figure that's the right reason for the decline in adult nonfiction sales. No nooks. No nooks at the bookstore. <laughs> that's our feedback for them. Yeah. Get more nooks, you'll get more sales. Amen. You want to know how to save Barnes & Noble? Nooks. Good nooks. Next to your books. <gasps> nooks and books. Mm. Books and nooks. It's an indie bookstore name if I ever heard one. <laughs> I'm going there. See you later. Bye. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.